it's not. <laughs> Hold on. <clears throat> Hello and welcome to the Spooky Park Bench Podcast. My name is Mike Sim. I'm a commercial photographer in the United Kingdom and over the Atlantic is my my best friend. Best friend in the whole wide California is Christopher Storm. Hi. I'm here. Hi. Hi, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Hi, your friend. best friend in the in all of California. Is that what you said? Yeah, I don't know anyone else in California. I mean, I know. So I'm defaulting as your best friend in California. Is what you're saying? Yeah, unless some of the cast of Saved by the Bell want to be my friend. I don't R. know R. if they all live in California. I mean, I'm sure they all do. But well, yeah, who cares? R.I.P. Dustin. R.I.P. Dustin Diamond. Did he pass away? Oh, Screech. I knew that. Screech died. Yeah. Yeah, that's Screech. right. He did. That's. God, why'd you have to remind me of that? They ruined my, ruin my day. I ruined your day. Actually, nothing can ruin my day because we have a cool guest today that I'm actually really excited about. Oh, so excited. I punch, so excited I punched the microphone. God. <laughs> see, that's it. What you guys don't see behind this calm, collected exterior is a fiery, fiery ball of rage. <laughs> a spaz, you mean? <laughs> a complete spaz. That's what um, we Yeah. Uh, Today we have Alistair Ann on the pod. Uh, I've been following Alistair for a few years now. Not um, on Instagram, in real life. From Instagram, not, not not in real life. I've never met, we've never met in person, but uh, love her work. Um, I think she's very talented. And uh, she was on the uh, Analog Talk podcast recently as well. So make sure you go listen to that how, also. How, hold on a minute. How often do you think they give this podcast a shout out? Um, I don't think they've given this podcast a shout out, but I think right. that that's what makes us a cut above the rest is we will shout out other podcasts in good right. faith. Right, also, be... also I'm friends with the analog talk people, you know, Chris B lives in Los Angeles. I just had a photo meet up with her, you know, they're good people. I know. Look, listen, if you want to send them an invoice, we can do that. I'm going to be the typical misanthropic Scott in the background here. Who's just like, yeah, whatever. I mean, if you were not, if you weren't going to be the typical misanthropic Scott, then why am I doing a podcast with you? That's what your side of the podcast is. I'm actually just a wonderful actor. I'm from Los Angeles and my real name's Dirk. Dirk. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. You wouldn't be a good Dirk. I think if you were. Dirk Hawk. Dirk Hawk? Yeah. I don't know. What kind of name is that? Where'd you get Hawk from? Is there a Hawk outside your window? No, I don't think you get hogs here. Of course you do. Yeah, I don't know. We've got kites in in Marston in Oxford. Um, not like not like Mary Poppins. Let's go fly a kite like the bird, the kite. Which I think. Yeah, is I figured you meant the bird, the kite, not the yeah, I don't know. thing that children fly. Well, adults <laughs> fly kites park. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, anyway, you know, <laughs> I'm changing my name legally to Dark Hawk, and that's that. I refuse to acknowledge. My, name, as long my, middle, as, you know, my middle name's James, and don't try and tell me that Dark James Hawk isn't a super cool name. Wait, you're keeping your real middle name? Yeah, because I feel like it breaks it up. I feel like it breaks up the ridiculousness of my my new um, Christian name and surname. <laughs> what's my What's my Scottish name? Uh, you'd be uh, Do- oh, You're just like Dougal McDonald. Dougal McDonald? You what Dougal in the McDonald's. world is? Oh my God! Why like, do you I- get? Dirk Hawk and I'm Dougal McDonald. If I saw you, like I can picture you right now with like wellies on and a kilt 
just waiting for the trawler to come in with a boat full of prawns. What? So you're imagining me? And everyone's I'm, going, I'm some and everyone's, sort of fisherman. Yeah, and everyone's going, oh, do go, do go, and you're like waving because that's what you do. You're just you're the local guy that everyone knows, and no one really knows what he does. So I'm wearing a kilt while fishing for some reason. No, you're waiting for the boat to come in. I'm waiting for the boat to come in, but what am I you, doing when this boat comes here? Am I just waiting? The, you're getting the prawns and you're taking them back to your bothy for dinner. Oh, I'm just picking up a dinner. A dinner. Pro- like I'm just picking up a, a <laughs> single portion for, <laughs> for dinner. dinner. Yes. <laughs> I'm not involved That's in the fishing. Classic, I'm not classic, involved in any of the... Classic Diggle McDonald. <laughs> I don't go to the store. I don't go to like the grocery and go like get prawns i go straight to the docks no. i go yeah. to the docks I, I wait for the boat i'm like hey guys day. thanks every for bringing day. the prawns in let me get some let me, let me get like a pound and they go of course you can do go and you pay you pay five five pounds a pound is what you pay is that a lot or is that not a lot when i used to get lobsters um from from uh, roy roy who was the fisherman yeah. he used to he was five pound a pound for lobsters so, Sounds like a good deal. It has like a. It feels nice. It five does. pound a pound. Yeah, it does. And uh, that's so. You've got an indiscriminate job. No one really knows what you do or what you did. But I reckon you were ex-military. Wait. Okay. So my name's Dougal McDonald. I yeah. wait for the prawn boat to get <laughs> prawns for myself. Yeah. But I'm ex. But I'm like a cool ex-military guy who like keeps to cool. himself. Never said you were cool. You were ex-military. You might have been in intelligence. You might have been. But then the only spies tend to be really um, subtle. This is a Liam Neeson movie. You're 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 giving no, me a plot you, synopsis. You would be Liam played Neeson by Liam Neeson. Movie. You'd be played by Ken Stott. Who's that? Uh, oh, you'll need to Google. I would much rather be played by like Jack Black. No, absolutely not. Really? I you couldn't could be played get by, Jack. You could be played by Peter Mullen. Who the hell's that? Did you watch uh, Ozark? Yeah. Right, you know the bad Scottish guy in Ozark? That guy? That's Peter Mullen. He's from Glasgow. He's a really good actor. He is a good actor, but I don't know if I see him playing a me. No, you. I mean, alternatively, wait, wait why are we now making a movie of... I'm just saying that this scenario that you've made up for Dougal McDonald sounds like a Liam Neeson... Like, like, uh, I'm like a disgraced special ops guy who is now we're we're living disgraced. a weird, you're sad disgraced. life. You're not disgraced. I reckon okay, your, whatever. Your, your wife Retired. died. Your My wife, wife died? died? Your wife was killed. That's why I'm at the docks waiting for prawns, because I'm so, sad. like... I'm so what, traumatized keep, from the death of my wife. Day. Yeah, and all I care about now is like eating prawns in solitude that I can only buy at the docks, not the grocery store for some reason. And you make your own whiskey. Okay, that's kind of cool. I've got a and, still. Okay. Yeah, so you make your own whiskey and all the locals love your whiskey. This is a long intro for no reason. It's got nothing to do with photography. Oh, the wait, whole point... and, 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 and these Dougal's got a... Uh, a Tintypes, Pentax K1000. <laughs> oh damn it! I thought you were gonna say I did Tintypes, which would follow. That would follow. That would make nah. sense with the character. No, no, it, it wouldn't because I'm making up the character and you don't know. And also, I'm quite <laughs> sad that you don't you don't give a shit about Dark Hawk. So, so basically, I I have a beginner. Th- I have a 35 millimeter of a Pentax K1000, mm-hmm. and I shoot 35 millimeter, mm-hmm. and I eat prawns and I make whiskey. Yeah, you take pictures of yourself eating prawns. <laughs> all right this has been the intro to this episode thank you mike uh well 
I don't know what this episode will bring, but it'll probably bring more of this ridiculousness. <laughs> yeah. uh, it is now time to bring in Alistair. So let's, uh, I don't know, guys, enjoy. Yeah, speak to you soon. Lot to love from Dark and Dougal. Yeah. <laughs> God, bye. <laughs> Okay, you had a question. Sorry. We totally did have a question, yeah. I was going to say, what part of England are you from? Well, Alistair, <laughs> I've, just, I've just pressed record, and this is what we're starting off with. We're starting off with me and you falling out very quickly. Uh, <laughs> Shit. Because okay. I'm not from England, I'm from Scotland. No, you're not. <laughs> and that's like saying to an American, what part of Canada are you from? Oh, no, it's shit. not. It's worse. It's way it's worse. It's, it's better. way worse. It's better. It's, it's mm-hmm. like... I mean, Mel Gibson fought and died for my country, and... <laughs> if Mel Gibson had died for your country, we'd be better off, I think. Listen, listen, Mel Gibson fought and, died, fought and died for my country, only for mm-hmm. it to be shot all over by Americans who think I'm English. Um, well, you can fit all of the UK and California, so apparently your opinion is invalid. You can fit Scotland into your street, I would imagine, to be honest. Um, Actually, yeah, Los Angeles is <laughs> bigger than Scotland, I think. Block. 100%. There's only 5 million people in all of Scotland. Oh, yeah, so you're the size, it's the size of Highland Park, basically. Yeah, and I, I, I left, so that's now down, I can't, what, 4,999,000? That's how it works. Thank you very much. <laughs> Welcome to the Maths Podcast with my Anyway, Alistair, welcome. <laughs> Thank you for being a guest on our podcast. We're super excited to have you. Um, I was telling Mike before Thank that I've been so following. Much. Yeah, I've been following your work for a long time uh, on Instagram. I've had various Instagram accounts. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> that sounds so creepy. I've been following I, you for ages <laughs> under various Instagram I was just thinking. I was just thinking because I think we might have actually. Under various names. <laughs> Under various names, I think. Uh, like, way, but I just think like. way back when I first <laughs> followed you. Uh, let me think. It must have been like uh, I don't know. I think we might have actually talked, like, had a quick conversation once or twice on Instagram a couple years ago over something I'm mundane, worried. like a camera or film or something. But I don't what? remember what it was. I don't remember what my account was called back then, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> Point is. I've really been a fan of your work for a long time. Um, I think the first time I saw your work was uh, your work with the Civil Wars. Um, and uh, I was really drawn in by your black and white work. So, um, yeah. And uh, when we were putting together a list of people we wanted to have on the podcast, I was like, ah, oh, you'd be perfect. And then right after I said that, I heard your analog talk interview and I was like, oh, yeah, she'd be great. This is going to be great. Oh. So. Thank you yeah. so much. I mean, that was that was my first podcast, and it was, was it really? Yeah, yeah. And um, but it, of course, it's like the two of them were so sweet, and um, yeah, it was just a good conversation. But it's it's it interesting was. how podcasts are kind of the new thing. And I mean, I, I've I've been listening to so many podcasts too. It's just it, 
but it's mm-hmm. mostly murder mysteries. Um, yeah, but, I get into those too. Oh, yeah, me too. Oh, <laughs> what are you listening to? Talk about your top five. Um, no, actually, what I loved was because uh, she's on YouTube as well. Um, and what I love about it is she sits on her on her couch and she has her dog and her cat there too. And she took him away because she thought it was a distraction. And um, and then everyone was leaving comments, I guess, saying that they felt comforted by having animals around by talking oh, wow. about something so, so dark and dreary. And so she's like, so we're back. <laughs> but, um, but the podcast, um, Mile Higher, that's like her spinoff. I think it's with her husband. But Interesting. Um, yeah, but they talk about kind of all these different types of things whether it's missing people but but i have to say though what i what i fucking love about her is for her ads and and all the revenue that she gets for merch it goes back to the families whether they're still in search of of like their family yeah that's cool it's amazing yeah so it's like she's like coming from a good place and um like her opinions are so justified of just kind of saying of of like who is kind of wronged or just mm-hmm. kind of opinions it's um she's rad you guys need to listen to her okay yeah that's going on the list um lately <laughs> i've been listening to, to morbid i don't know if you guys have heard morbid no um, it's these two girls from somewhere i think they're in the midwest somewhere but they just talk about their favorite like unsolved or solved um like murder, serial killers, I spooky hate unsolved stuff. ones. Unsolved ones really bother me. I want a payoff at the end. When someone yeah. comes to the end and they're just like, and we don't know who, f-, and it's just like, oh, for God's sake. I've just the best five times, hours listening to this. But the best thing is they have some ones where they like put all this evidence forth and they're like, we totally know who did it, but they haven't like, they haven't pinned it on him yet. Like it's so obvious, but it's like, ah, you're right. right. It's like you're going through it with them, you know? It's there's, nice. one, yeah. there's one in the one in the UK I listened to called They Walk Among Us. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, which is great, but the only problem I have with the whole podcast is that he says pursue, he says pursue, and it really annoys me. He's like, and then they pursued them on foot, and I'm like, are you Sean Connery? What are you doing? Okay, like- that's really funny because on Morbid, one of the girls, she'll say exactly, but she says exactly. Like, she pronounces it exactly, and yeah. it drives me I fucking would, insane. Exactly. I would need to insure my phone because I'd be throwing it against the wall every five seconds. Yeah. Like, But despite that, the podcast is so good, and they do such good research, and they're so funny that it's like, okay, I can let that go because the rest this, is good. This is so far. So our intro, which you won't hear until we put the podcast out, uh, was primarily about Christopher plugging another podcast. Um, and now all we're doing now is plugging more podcasts. And... As much as I'm all right with that, like, you know, come on. We're here for you, Alistair, and we, we do have to move well, in. We're certainly not here for ourselves, by the sides <laughs> of things. We don't need to promote this podcast if people are already listening to it, so why not promote some other ones? Right? Let's oh, swing back around yeah, exactly. or during the commercial I'm expecting, Yeah, I'm expecting some revenue from these guys now. now that I'll send you a check, s- Mike. Now I'll that they're going to get six other followers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, uh, what I wanted to ask uh, first off is, uh, what are you working on? I know, you know, it's the pandemic we're we're like quote unquote coming out of it even though i'm not really convinced we're at the end yet but uh the world seems to be ready to move on so are you taking on new work or you have any big projects in the works i know you're also um a director so do you have anything coming up um that we should be looking out for um yeah i actually i just wrapped a photo shoot yesterday um uh 
with Carly Pierce and she's, she's a country artist and I worked with her. This is now my third time. And, um, we shot in Kentucky and it, the whole theme of the day was just how bizarre it was because the first time I shot her was right when the shutdown had happened. So everyone was wearing masks. Everyone was, we had a nurse on site. We had this protocol and it just, Mm -hmm. it was such a shame because it stripped away so much of what the day was about. It felt like, um, Mm. just kind of this big cloud. And, uh, but no, this last shoot, it was like everyone, you know, didn't have masks. We all had testings and everything was fine, just a protocol. But um, simply with the fact that you could stand, even though we were shooting outside, that you could stand, you know, right next to each other and not mm. be so bugged out or feel worried of passing my camera along or having um, hands touching things. It's like, it's, mm-hmm. it's fucking weird. Um, it's very weird, yeah. It's weird. Um, I and but it's at the like, same time, do you not feel like it's totally like normalized to the point where like I watch films or something now, and then I'll see people like walk into a shop in a film, and they won't mm-hmm. put a mask on, and I'll be like, what? Whoa! <laughs> like, <laughs> hey, no hugging, no putting masks yeah. because I'm, we're, it's so normalized now, and yeah. it's that thing of like when yeah, handing on. I was doing a, a shooting up in a in a in a deli the other day. Um, that's how exciting and rock and roll my work is and um, <laughs> we were all like sitting and like wearing it was there was something just so clinical about it not just because of the mask thing but it, mm-hmm. you want a warmth to what you're doing I think mm-hmm. and it just doesn't feel that way especially when you're shooting people like that's such a human experience and then exactly. like if you can't have that then it, it detracts and I think it can be visible in the in the finished product totally. exactly yeah, yeah. and it, it's um I guess I'm curious to know what you guys think as far as when do you think it's going to be normalized again? Like how, because I, it was this, gosh, I want to say it was just on YouTube um, where, you know, they went through the pandemic and he said it took years before they could step into a church and feel okay mm-hmm. again, doing, mm-hmm. doing something that was so simple. Um, I'm glad I'm glad you've come to us for advice on this. Um, <laughs> I mean, for being, me, to, being for me, you know, yeah, I have a background in, in medicine. Like I worked, I worked in a hospital in my early twenties. Um, so yeah, I did. Um, I was a phlebotomist. So um, I have some medical training. And um, the thing I, that I genuinely, one, I can't believe, I don't know if I believe you. And two, why didn't I know this? Because it's super not uh, doesn't it's not relevant to my life anymore, really. I mean, I guess it has been now in the pandemic because I've been like leaning on like stuff that I learned back then. Um, but I was just gonna kind of say like because of that, my mentality as far as like um, you know sterility and like making sure things are safe. It's like you know I never walked into that hospital to go to work without. Mm-hmm mask and gloves on everything mm-hmm. i didn't touch anything in the hospital without gloves on i didn't see patients without wearing a mask any ever like never mm-hmm. um i never touched patients without gloves um and that that was just like the protocol because you're in a hospital you don't know what you could be communicating between two people right. um at any given time because you don't know these people um and then when the pandemic hit, it just kind of made me realize like, wow, we probably should have been always wearing masks because one, this entire year, I haven't had a cold or the flu. I haven't been sick once. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's because we've been very militant about washing our hands and like wearing a mask and like very conscious about our contact with other people. Um, and then it just kind of goes to show how easy it is to just pass something yeah. to someone else or get something mm-hmm. from someone else. It's like, you just, you know, you're in a grocery store, you stand next to someone, they cough into their hand or whatever, bam, you get sick or, you know, you touch something someone touched a moment ago and you touch your face. You don't even think about it. Um, I, and so I have this higher level kind of like more zoomed out view of the pandemic of kind of like, you know, I'm not comfortable until everyone's safe and mm-hmm. we're not all safe. India mm-hmm. is being ravaged right now. And I don't want this episode to be about the pandemic, of course, but, you know, just I, to touch I, on it a little bit. <laughs> yeah, you do. Of course you do, Mike. But the whole, you know, India is being completely like ravaged by the pandemic. Yeah. They're having a, they're, they're, people are dying by the hundreds of thousands. Um, they're not safe. Yeah. Uh, there's another, the Delta variant and the Delta variant mm. plus are out there. Apparently the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines protect against those, but we still don't know. It's really bad in Scotland right now. Scotland's really, yeah, exactly. And so, you know, in America and in these more developed, not developed, I guess more of these more uh, centrally, <laughs> these places where the story has been centered, like right. America, Asia, um, it does seem like things are good and going back to normal because that's what we see because exactly. we are, yeah. you know, but honestly, I think that we're still in it and I think yeah. that we're going to see more and we're going to need to take more precautions. But the other thing going is we're going to need to learn to live with it because we exactly. can't carry on for the next five, 10 years like isolating every single time you might have been in contact with somebody the world can't keep doing that yeah. so we need to get mm-hmm. to a stage where we live with coronavirus yeah i mean uh, like at work like at my studio we the the four people that work in the studio most of the time we don't wear masks while we're in the studio because we're all vaccinated and mm-hmm. we get tests monthly so mm-hmm. um you know and that's something that you can decide amongst certain people. I think that you can be cautious while still having the freedom to like not wear a mask in certain situations. Um, there's just, I'm not going to walk into a public, like I'm not going to go to a cafe or a grocery store and not wear a mask for the foreseeable future. I don't know when I'll do that. Um, I don't know. How do you feel about that? I mean, I'm, I'm on the same page. Um, Mm. it's just kind of, it's, it's just bizarre. And, and the Delta variant too, of just, I think it's just going to be so much easier for us to look back and connect the dots, but we can't mm-hmm. do that yet, you know? So it's, yeah. um, I don't know. I, I think what I'm noticing, at least in Nashville, especially is everyone is just ready to move on. And it's almost as yeah. if they feel that they've been punished. So now it's, we need to go twice as hard and, Broadway, which is kind of the main strip downtown and honky tonk bars, you would never have known that the Corona virus ever existed down there. It's just nothing ever changed. And even at the height of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was just, they would be punished. They would have their, you know, their hands slapped at the bars of, you know, having too many people in one place or, Mm -hmm. um, but it was just, it, I think it it's almost like it's almost like being in just a really toxic relationship and feeling as though you're being gaslit looking at how certain people live that you're like am i just being super overly cautious or is this right right yeah yeah, we had that here i mean like so i live in i do live in england actually i live in uh, i live in oxford and um 
we were like locked down, like nothing apart from supermarkets mm-hmm. were open. That was it, like supermarkets and then pharmacies. And it was a ghost town. And like, this is such a huge tourist town and it was a ghost town. Is Oxford um, a tourist town? Really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I know that. Never been there, so <laughs> didn't know no, that. It's, if you were to come here, it would by definition be a tourist town because you would be a tourist. So <laughs> Very cool. So <laughs> how, how has it... So, coming out of it, you know, the way that things have been kind of opening up. And I know that Nashville is one of those places that, um, you know, I, I actually lived near Nashville for about a year, a couple years ago. Um, I know that they're very, um, just the culture there is very community, community based. People love being together and like being mm-hmm. out and being seen and like, you know, so what is it like as far as like your work coming out of, I guess the, thick of the pandemic and trying to get back to work like how yeah. has that been affecting kind you of are, like... i mean you're a, a, i was gonna say a musical photography that's not a phrase um <laughs> you shoot you shoot you shoot musicians right yeah. and you've done you've done like behind the scenes like work with musicians you've toured with musicians so like a huge part of your job is being on the road and very close contact with people right um no, you, you cut out a little bit, Chris. So I feel like I, I got part of or most of the question. But as far as um, music and in Nashville, I mean, I I kind of I really enjoyed it. But I also felt at the time of being here for a while that it was stamped as country music and country music only. Um, mm-hmm. So that's kind of why I fled to L.A. to to kind of dabble with stuff of music that I really liked listening to and, um, was really passionate about. Um, but I, I mean, when the pandemic hit too, it was, it was moving back here. Um, and I, I don't want to say it, it forced me to come back here cause that wasn't the case at all, but it was, um, just that feeling of, of what's important. And I think COVID was a huge part of that, of reevaluating where you want to be, in your surroundings. Um, so kind of coming back and, uh, seeing how much more diverse the music is out here now, um, that it's, there is pop, there is rock. Um, yeah. Oh I, yeah. I, it's much, way more diverse now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's, what's the, pardon? What's the likelihood of you getting out touring again? If, if you were to go out with a musician, I mean, is that our music tours opening up again now? And, so, and I will say this, I'll speak for the country world. Um, yeah, it's happening again. Um, I know that there are announcements of even um, festivals happening too, including Bonnaroo mm-hmm. out here. Um, yeah, so my girlfriend I, and I are going to uh, Summerfest in Wisconsin in September. Amazing. Uh, but are you are you nervous? Like, oh, yeah. We're freaked right? out. <laughs> Yeah, because we don't know, we don't know what it's going to be like being around all these people, you know, during a, uh, during like the reopening, I guess, of like music or whatever. Like I, I'm a musician too. So I have a background in playing music. So I've played music festivals. I've been on tour and you know what tour is like. It's very close quarters. Everyone's hanging out. You're doing all sorts of stuff. And it's like, it's very much, um, communal. And so I don't know what it's going to be like coming back to that being in this kind of like area. I mean, like I'm going to see Wilco specifically because I love Wilco. For sure. Um, That's going to be so rad. Oh my God. Yeah. I saw, I've seen them once before and they're incredible, they're incredible. But, um, you know, the last time I saw them, 
everyone in the crowd was hanging out with each other. You know, mm-hmm. um, the guys hung out after the words and we, people couldn't go up and talk to them. Um, what's it going to be like now? What's the music experience going to be like? Because I've been to concerts and shows where like, there wasn't really a lot of like, I don't know, it, it was more separated just because it was like a really big show or something. Right. Um, but like now, like, yeah, what's it going to be like going back to, I don't know, going back to touring or going back to big shows where we now have to think about this looming threat. So I don't know. Yeah. Like, what do you, what do you, how do you feel about that? Are you nervous? Oh, I'm so nervous. Um, because <laughs> it, like, it makes me think of like mosh pits too. Like when, when oh, yeah. it's going to be a thing or being, you know, being in the audience and everyone's kind of pushing towards, you know, the, the front. Um, mm-hmm. uh, no, I mean, with with Kenny Chesney, I mean, he's announced the dates. The plans mm-hmm. are to go out next year. Mm-hmm. Um, they're stadium dates. So, I, I and I know, and I'm so grateful for his perspective and um, uh, respect for his audience that he wants to make sure that everyone's safe, which ultimately that's the hope for everyone is right behind behind the scenes everyone's in close proximities but the audience is just as vulnerable so um yeah i mean i it's it is weird of of thinking about going out to tailgates and before the show even right. and then wandering around and i mean some of my favorite personal work i think comes from being in the audience and seeing mm-hmm. you know just kind of the camaraderie of everyone is so excited of the countdown of this show and um yeah i oh i'm so nervous but it it, it almost well, how's that affected me. your work oh i mean as i mean because i know a lot of i feel like a lot of your stuff is really personal and really like kind of intimate a lot of your portraiture sure. a lot of your even your behind the scenes stuff i've seen is like you know it's very intimate you're not like you're not shooting from across the street with a zoom lens like you're there you're, <laughs> you're, you're in that space and so you know, as someone who I'm not really a portrait photographer, but you know, um, what, what kind of changes have been, have you noticed in your work seeing as how like now we've had to be distanced and we've had to take precautions. Has your work changed? Have you, have you tried different, I don't know, different things to kind of get around that? Like, what's that looking like for you? Yeah. I mean, as far as when the shutdown happened, knowing music, the music world stopped. So it was okay. Maybe every once in a while there would be an artist, but then again, too, it's, it's the looming factor of having a nurse on site, having everyone Mm -hmm. percussion and gridlock. So I was coming back from shoots like that kind of depleted and not really, um, Mm. like you were saying, Mike of, of feeling, uh, connected or having that space together. Um, and yeah, I mean, it was just one of those things where, okay, now what do I do? Now, how do I create a space that I can still make things? And I, and honestly, I don't even know where this came from, but, um, but I was just like, okay, I do portraiture. I do love fashion. I do want to combine and control um, my images right now. And um, so I actually, I've never talked about this with really anyone. So this is going to be interesting, but, but Ooh, um, a sneak peek, yeah. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> it was, uh, there was this article, uh, I want to say from the 1920s or thirties of 
uh, this photographer who kind of did this project of wanting to create a fake person and putting them in the midst of uh, the high-powered, connected, well-versed New York society. So what he did was created a mannequin and then put put this mannequin in these parties or so everyone is. I think I saw that too. Yeah. Yeah. There's, I mean, they're stunning, a beautiful black and whites. And, um, and I saw that and I just, I don't know what it was about it or what made me just live in that for a while of thinking it through. But I was like, you know what, I'm going to order a mannequin. And um, I really, I mean, for me personally, uh, self-portraits kind of create a journal for me. Um, and, but yet I was just kind of more so sad of what was going on in the world and not being able to see my family or friends and feeling really alone. And, and, uh, so I just thought, why not create a self-portrait through this mannequin? And, so I got this red wig for her and started <laughs> shopping on eBay, basically creating of my obsession of the 1940s and 50s and getting this wardrobe together, getting things that I personally loved that I, I would love to wear. And um, yeah, I, I just started creating these scenes of, um, of whether it's just the feeling of the vast loneliness um, in landscapes or, um, even when the protests were happening, um, uh, just kind of connecting with that and how that was in, in, with Martin Luther King and, um, kind of this parallel Mm -hmm. universe that kind of kept happening that I was thinking that that was, that's happened before. And, and I Mm -hmm. saw like this old cop car from the fifties and, um, asked the owner if I could use it for for my my personal shoot of a mannequin, and he said, "Great, yeah." <laughs> um, so I've been this last year. I've been working on um, this collection of work of of I call her Norma, and um, <laughs> I guess my travels with Norma and this. I was just about to step back on here quickly to say that my grand name was Norma. So that's uh, <laughs> really that's <pretty> appropriate. <laughs> wow. You guys are connected already. Wow. Look at Full this. circles. Yeah, I'm sure your Norma moves about as much as my grand does as well, to be honest. <laughs> Dark. What's, what's her full name? Her name is Norma Richardson Sim. My surname's Sim. Richardson was her middle name, which is a very strange middle name. Oh, it's a beautiful it's, oh, you guys, Americans are so kind. Yes, we are. Mm, yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, that's okay. So you've been working, you've been working on this. Thank you, Mike. You've been working on this project for over the last year. Um, do you see like, um, like, are you going to do like a gallery? Do you want to do like a special kind of like thing for it? Like, what's your what's your kind of like plans for this project? I have no idea, and I I, I remember telling my mom about this because she's on board with any ideas that I have and, and supports it. And, um, I, I, I think for me, I, and and as it should be for any artist, when you're starting a personal project of any sort is that you should not go in thinking about the end game, just do it and kind of see how it curates itself and, um, and edit it and edit it down. And, um, 
I don't know. I, I think um, it's turning into something that maybe I would like to do a book out of it um, and just in telling the story. But um, I honestly, I don't know. Um, and maybe you guys could help That's okay. Me. That's, that's fine not to know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, think I, mean, you, I think what you just said is super, super, super important about yeah. the, your own personal projects and just doing what you need to do. And it's really easy to be influenced by other people's work and other people's drive and other people's directions, um, mm-hmm. especially with the world we live in now, where like, at the, you know, right in front of you at any time is, is all the self-doubt you will ever need. Like, exactly. You, know, you open Instagram and you're just like, oh, shit. Like, you know, you look at photos you've just made, you're getting back from the lab and you're super hyped on them. And then you look at somebody else's and you go, oh, fuck's sake. Like, you know, <laughs> wish I'd done that. It's like, real. That's, that's way better than what I just did. Oh, and yeah. like, it, it crushes you, you know, in that sense, because unlike a photo book where you used to go and buy a photo book of work you right. found inspiring and you would have the choice to take it off the shelf and look at it. Now you open your phone and bang, it's right there in front of you and you yeah. go, fuck. And it also like you instantly thought, go fuck. You go fuck. But that's just because I'm that's just because I'm Scottish. Sorry. I'm right. like, fuck. <laughs> Fucking hell, man. It's not cool, dude. Um Is that your that, American? What is that? That's uh, generic American, Christopher. Um, it's a- very accurate. Thank you very much. Um <laughs> But yeah, I, I think that that's that's and even like well you, I mean your 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 career is sort of uh was a was a product early on of, of social media to an extent wasn't it like early social yeah. media myspace yeah. days very much so oh, yeah the home yeah. of the home of emo teenagers right. <laughs> including me i still oh, have I was, I love MySpace. thinking about that did you, <laughs> do you still have a profile up there somewhere is it still there i honestly i'm sure i do and it probably looks emo as hell um did you guys I, have have people no Bebo? Bebo, yeah. Mm-mm. I don't know what that is. What was it was kind of like, if it was like MySpace was like where the sort of um, the angsty creatives went to go and post their, their, you know, you remember you used to be able to pick your song to have on your profile? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was, and then, but Bebo was like where, um, I don't know if you guys have the equivalent in America. We call them uh, like Chavs or Neds here. Yeah. Um, which like, basically like, so we we've got council estates and you've got projects. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of the kids from those areas, not the ones that have no money, but there's just an attitude and a culture that comes. This sounds so bad. Like the but, people that like the people that have like Cockney accents, like those people. No, it's like each. Uh, I'm, what are you uh, saying, Mike? What I'm saying is that I now sound like a middle class twat, and I'm probably going to get my head kicked in. Um, we can only hope that that doesn't happen. I think I you're saying a little bit. We can only hope it does. Basically, there was a different type of people that would use like Bebo. Why am I talking about Bebo? I've got absolutely. I don't no know. Idea. I was going to say we had MySpace and Life Journal and life, Zanga. Life, life Journal. Live Live Journal. Live Journal, which was a blog that you had where you would type out emo lyrics and talk about how sad you were um, did you have did you have did you guys use msn messenger no we had aim it was yeah yeah i used to come msn messenger was when you'd come home from school and log on to msn messenger and you would 
accidentally. I always thought that was like for businessmen for like meetings. Nah, I never used it's to. not. It's right. for it's for teenage boys with no self confidence to accidentally message a girl that's in their class that they fancy and be like, "Oh, that was my brother. He did it." That's what aim is for too, actually. Yeah. Do you remember? I mean, I'm I'm I don't know of how how it was for MSN, but um, especially if it was a crush and you saw that the door would or heard the door open. And then oh, they yeah. would be on for two seconds and then it would close and you're just like, oh. the anxiety of seeing, yeah. of hearing that sound and seeing their name <laughs> pop up and being like, just instantly sweating. Like, yeah. Oh my God. Right? It's like they oh, checked yeah. and they were like, nah, don't want to talk. That's <laughs> bad, isn't it? It's literally the equivalent of like walking into a room and looking at a person right in the eye yeah. in the room and then just closing the door and walking out. Again. <laughs> So but intense. online, yeah, yeah, it's great. But yeah, your 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 career, yeah, did have a kind of. But you were very early on. You really did leverage MySpace in a great way because that's how you kind of started getting, you know, doing music photography, right? Yeah, I, I it was, but I mean, I I think it was just the fact of um, you put the image, you set the mood, you have the mm-hmm. song, and it's this whole vibe. What was your song? Then, what was your song? Oh gosh. I mean, Bittersweet Symphony by The Verb was always I was going to guess either Bittersweet Symphony or maybe like a Who song. Do you know what's good about the Bittersweet Symphony? What? Everything. Um, right. Everything. It's the greatest song. It's one of the greatest songs. Richard Ashcroft, if I, could have, if I could have any male singer's voice, he'd be my top five. His voice is hauntingly beautiful. If I could have any male singer's voice, it would be... Um, ja Rule? Rob Thomas and Ja Rule. <laughs> together um i was actually gonna guess they're the, that you they're, had, the, uh, they're the woody harrelson and wesley snipes of yeah. uh, of the music world god this is gonna be a weird like inside joke that no one's I, gonna understand and i'm gonna i'm gonna say mine would be t-pain solely for the fact that i just watched that tv show did you guys oh, see yeah. about that music documentary series yeah um and how uh usher just said you ruined music with <laughs> Oh yeah! Wow, Usher can Usher really has no room to talk. That guy. I will tell you a fun uh, Bittersweet Symphony fact, though. You know that the Verb make no money from that song. Yeah, they had to give it all up. Yeah, because it's Andrew Andrew Oldham owns it. It's so heartbreaking. Which I I mean, there's so many. You can't say that it's just that one song because, man, they have so many. Album. That album is amazing. Yeah. And I will say the music video to Bittersweet Symphony is, it's still it's so good. So, so powerful. Good. Yeah. That Cast and, no, and no Shadow by uh, Oasis. That's just, that's written about Richard Ashcroft. I was going to say my other guess really? that your music, your song would have been an Oasis song. That was my other guess. Are you a oh. huge Brit? Are you a big Britpop fan? Me? Yes. Huge. Um, I'm trying to think of. I mean, Oasis was a huge thing. Um, what? Okay, what is your Oasis song? If you had to pick one, it's mm, a good question. I think probably, mm, probably Morning Glory. It's good. That's a good pick. That's, that's, that's a good one. It's the, it's the intro. It's that gets you all hyped. That's a good. It's a good song. Or no, I think Morning Glory. Or. I like some might say. I haven't listened rock, to Oasis in a long time. Star. If you listen, that, to definitely maybe it's just like there's no bad songs in it. Right. It's it's one of those songs. It's like Third Eye Blind self titled. It's like hits front to back. You know, there's no right. wrong, there's nothing bad. 
and you can I still revisit it, and it's it's still just as good. Right. I think if Oasis were to reform, they could easily have the biggest gig of all time. We could talk about Oasis for roughly three podcast episodes, probably. We could. We, but Liam Gallagher's I would, amazing, and I will have to say we would have to bring in the Cure. I'm, I'm, that, that's always been my obsession, Oof, yeah. and the Kinks too. It's the Kinks, just, oh. definitely the Kinks. But Do you know of a Scottish band called Frightened Rabbit? Oh, no. tragic. Oh, you know. Oh, you. If you I know Frightened Rabbit, yeah. I, I had, I'd had drinks with Scott Hodgson before. Really? Mm. R.I.P. R.I.P. Wow. I would suggest very much you listen to Frightened Rabbit. I will send yeah. you. I second that. Midnight, midnight Organ Fight is a... <sighs> so oh, good. Oh, 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 if you want some angst. <laughs> to, oh, to, to springboard please. off this a little bit what would have to be just a little quick one what would have to be if you could be admitted to shoot one artist currently living um who would you want to shoot i'm talking like live show portraits in the studio anything like that like who who's like your you're like oh my god that's the one like who would that be for you Gosh, and what, like what camera and what film? film? Oh, shit. Well, okay. How about <laughs> let me think about this? But, okay, you guys go first. I want to hear your answers. Oh, geez. I mean, my answer right off the bat without even thinking about it, which is a lie because I'm stalling because I am thinking about it. Um, <laughs> That's a really tough geez. question. That is a tough question. I don't know. I just figured you might have had one off the top of the head because you... Keith were... Richards, mid-70s. I mean now. I mean no, like in the year 2021. I, I will say uh, David Lynch, he's always... he's And I yeah. say this because it's not only the fact that he's a musician, but just he's just an artist. Every little yeah. thing is, is just genius. Um, an auteur. Yeah. And I... Let's see. So a camera... I would just say my Roloflex with um, Ilford. You said Ilford like a you said Ilford like a middle class English lady there. (laughs) Ilford. Ilford. I'm just Ilford. Um, Probably Ilford Delta. But I, I mean, my thing is always Portrait 400 because I like right. the idea of still getting color and uh, getting the color of his hair, I think, would be really rad. Um, yeah. Hearing into black and white. But yeah, I, I would say him just because I would genuinely want to listen to him. I mean, not even ask questions, mm. but just sit in the room as he speaks and talks about meditation and um, <laughs> and all the amazing things. Yeah, you know. That would be really cool. I think that's a good, that's a good one. You know, I'm going to veer, I'm going to say artist in general, not just musician, because my answer would be the Dame Judy Dench. I would love to shoot Judy Dench. That would be Dude, so. That, was, that came out of, I mean, that's like the, the left of left field. I did I not. I was I talking mean, to my girlfriend about Judy Dench the other day and we were talking about. Not in a million years would I have guessed that. Like well, I could have sat here look, for days. Look, my girlfriend and I were talking about Judy Dench a couple of days ago. We were talking about I was telling her that like if you want to watch this James <laughs> Sorry, Bond, still can't get over this. <laughs> and we were Dench. talking about how it's always wow. the Dame Judy Dench. It's not just Judy Dench. And I'm like, it's because she's a dame, you know, whatever. So uh, I don't know. She's been on my mind. Uh, she's a fantastic actress, actor. She's she's a lifelong actor, uh, and really dedicated to the art. And honestly, like 
I don't know. I think that she'd be fascinating to photograph. Yeah. You just opened up the floodgates now, though. Because I have they- some more questions, though. We got to we got to oh. move it along because Mike's going to be out of here soon. But I and I had some questions <laughs> that we haven't even gotten to yet. I, um, sorry, I. Yeah, I am going to make up so many gifts of you and Judy Lynch now and send them to you for the next, probably the rest of your life. I'll be honest with you, that is my dream. And I thank you, sir. Um, my main question I really wanted to ask you, um, mostly because like, like I said, um, you know, uh, I've been following your work for a while and I think that your work is, uh, really up there as far as like, um, just, uh, quality and, um, it's very obvious that you are, you care about your work very much and it comes through in your images. Um, and also, you know, when I was looking at your work earlier, I was thinking about like, you know, who, who would I compare your work to? Uh, and I was trying to think about it and then I kind of realized like, you know what, if I think about all my favorite photographers from like whenever they're all women, like none of the photographers that I like will reference when someone asks me about work, I'm never referencing like Avedon or whatever, I'm always like, oh, like Diane Arbus or, oh, Annie Leibovitz or, or Autumn DeWilde is like probably my favorite photographer mm-hmm. of all time. Um, so, and it's so in contrast to that, the film photography world has been blowing up, you know, film is coming, coming back really hardcore, but the amount of work that's being pushed to the fore um, by women is like severely lacking and the amount of women's voices mm-hmm. in the film photography community has been severely lacking. Um, and I don't think that's because of a lack of good women photographers. It's a lack mm-hmm. of, I think it's a lack of inclusion and a lack of access. So I was kind of wondering what your take was on that and how you feel film photography going forward. What's that going to be like, especially when it comes to like inclusion of like, you know, not white guys <laughs> or not yeah. all white guys. Yeah, I mean, I, I first thank you. Um, I that was long winded. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. It's it's That's fine. I'll cut most of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I I go back to when I started photography, and and like you said too, of uh, photographers to reference or look up to, and um, and I don't want to say I came into it thinking of, okay, I need to find the females, but also it's, um, I think as a woman, you want to see who kind of paved the way before you and, and understand that, um, process. And I think, uh, when I started with the civil wars, um, and just, just doing documentary stuff, it was just kind of that obsession was who else has done this before? Because they're really, what it wasn't common to have a photographer out with the band. Um, it was, um, that was kind of a luxury, but also I don't think people really understood now what they call content of documenting um, history and, um, and valuing it of the process. So, I mean, I just, I remember going through uh, Leibowitz stuff because she documented Rolling Stones and the black and whites. And um, I, I love that she is, uh, she will tell selected stories, but I'm sure she has more than enough of being in venues and hotels. And there was this one I remember with, uh, with Keith that she said, 
he was so drunk that, uh, and, and probably other things too, but he had no idea where he was. And, <laughs> no, not Keith Richards. <laughs> <laughs> and, Never. Uh, and he was he was on the floor in the middle of the night of a hotel hallway, and she just took pictures of it, and um, and he had no recollection of it. And fast forward, it's I mean, the the photos are phenomenal, but it was just with her, it was um, rock photography and understanding and and the trust, and then how then she moved to Rolling Stone when when it first started. So mm-hmm. that was kind of. I think the first example, but like you said, Autumn DeWild, I mean, she was kind of my North star of understanding what it was like to be a female with rock and roll and, um, going on tour. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I would even say probably what, what really, uh, opened my eyes with her was her death cap for cutie work and, um, and the white stripes and, yeah, documenting that to her and mm-hmm. um just the way that she conveyed everything and how it was this built-in family uh was fascinating to me so mm-hmm. when civil wars and i started going out i was like wow this is this feels so nice because now i know what autumn was kind of experiencing during those times but um but again too it's like i, I feel as though she probably also went through that phase of touring and enjoying it. Um, but then moving on to the next step. So, um, yeah, it, it was like, those were really my, my only two examples, um, going into the touring mm-hmm. world. Um, and do you think that now there's a, there's an aspect with, um, I think with you know film photography becoming sort of what it is, it's no longer like um, just a, a, a medium of photography. It's now a, it's now a movement. It's now a thing because of social media, because of like YouTube and people like that lovely bespeckled gentleman right there. Um, <laughs> that there's not enough female voices on that side of things. I think there's and there's loads of like kick-ass, powerful, beautiful like. Um, when I say beautiful, I don't mean aesthetically. They're aesthetically beautiful. And what I meant to say was they're doing beautiful work. <laughs> uh, there we go, Mike. That's good. Welcome to Mad Men circa 1950. Um, where's, uh, where's your scalp? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We're still in the 50s. We only started wearing trousers about 100 years ago. Um, <laughs> that uh, actually women aren't being represented on that side of things as much. Uh, as they actually are as photographers, if you know what I mean. Like there is loads of women photographers out there who are doing great things. It's just that Mm -hmm. they're not represented in the sense of a YouTube channel or, or a podcast. Mm -hmm. Yeah. um, As far as, I mean, and I, I was just kind of thinking about um, kind of those moments because I, I didn't grow up thinking, oh, I'm, I'm a female stepping into a male world. Like that just, that was never in my, my vocabulary. I, my father yeah. was, he always drove into my, my two brothers and I to follow your passion and do what you want. It's, it's just, there was no Super important. kind of, yeah. And, and I think I just took it for granted because that was just understood in our household was do what you love and go full force. And really like my first 
encounter of thinking thinking twice about it was it was just I don't even know what it was it was this invite of a group of you know dude photographers and this was in Nashville years mm-hmm. and years ago um, and I was invited to it and uh, we sat down everyone's having coffee and and of course everyone has like their camera and um, and I had still my Pentax and I mean, I've always shot film. That was always kind of my thing. Digital, I think, came in because I had to mm-hmm. in that way of, of getting the turnover and also kind of having a glorified uh, light meter more than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so we sat down and the guy next to me, he said, so really that's that's the only camera you have? Like, And I had just this shitty point and shoot digital camera that was probably, you know, passed down kind of thing. It wasn't anything as mm-hmm. far as official. And, um, and he said, is it because you're too poor or you just don't respect the art of photography as much as <laughs> you don't have a digital camera? Know. And that was right Jesus. when the 5D Mark II came out. I would just knock them out. And I just, wow. I, yeah, I, I sat there for a second trying to process it and I excused myself and, and it's almost like it's almost like when I left, I got teary eyed, but more so just pissed. And mm. it was yeah. how Michael Jordan was like. And then I took it personally. Like I, it, it was kind of that switch of okay, I'm I'm in this position to where I might have to work harder or prove myself a little more um, mm-hmm. to be yeah. in this world. And um, I, I mean, it's like you could look at it two ways. You can say that's so unfair. I can't believe that and make it kind of create a hindrance for you or use that to propel you and take that uh, difficulty or, or just kind of hardship and and use it to kind of prove yourself and to prove to others maybe. And I don't I don't know if that's necessarily the right way to process it, but I mean, I definitely use that as um, as something to, yeah, say that fuck off. Like I'll I'll figure it out for myself. <laughs> it has it has everything to do with art, and it has nothing to do with what camera you're shooting. At the end of the day, absolutely, so, I agree. This is a really really wish I didn't have to say this, but I have to go, guys. I am so <laughs> so sorry. Uh, I know I was like loving this conversation. Uh, we could potentially follow up again. I would love to have you back on because I feel like we had a good lead up, but I, I really would like to pick your brain a little bit more about you, what your sure. work you're doing and, and what, yeah, because well, we I think that. I have more. I have more questions. <laughs> I have many, many, many more. One, my microphone stand's broken, so I've been holding it for the last Good job. Oh, no. <laughs> I know, I know this is a professional podcast. We could just wrap it all together and do a restart. I, I, don't, I don't look that strong, but I am, so it's fine. We don't <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. let's yeah well, look why don't we just we could just stop this now and we could just pick it up and just make it a longer one instead of taking yeah sure just do that. yeah I'd be cool with that alright well we can do that whenever I'm, like I said I, I've got next week.